This episode of Truth's Table is brought to you by InterVarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at IVPress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. I'm Michelle. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, sisters. How y'all doing? Well, yeah, yeah. pretty good. Oh, I like that one. Thanks, thanks. That had a little Eartha Kid in it. That's right. That's the evening well. We ain't, y'all ain't got me up at seven in the morning this time. <laughs> now it definitely is my bedtime. I'm like, what is that? It's the opposite. It is the opposite. Marcus. See, see, oh my see. gosh! Oh yeah, my gosh! Real grown. Hey, look! If this is how we cutting up, this is the evening now. Evening. Y'all know this truth table yeah. at night. Mm-hmm. It's the quiet it's storm. Y'all remember BT's midnight love? Got that Sade playing in the background. Midnight love. This is Truth Table after dark. Hey, look. Speaking of Truth Table in the evening, y'all, we got a we got our Truth Table Live podcast coming up on August sixteenth. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. In Grand Rapids, y'all. So uh, get your tickets, okay, at grmc.org, and meet us at the Wealthy Theater because you know we're gonna cut up because when we all together, it's just a hot mess. But a hot mess unto God. Is what we like to do. <laughs> we, we render our shenanigans. Fix them, Jesus. Fix them. Clean them up. <laughs> we need help. Oh, Lord. Clean us up. Make us whole, Lord. Oh, Ooh. Lord. Oh, <laughs> these quotes, we a hot mess unto God, though. <laughs> it's the truth. God. That ain't nothing. We're going to turn that one into a meme. We're going to See, that's how we need to record late. We always should record late. Oh, this is hilarious, y'all. Okay, well, look, 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 y'all. This y'all in for a treat because we ain't done this all season. We are giving y'all a mailbag episode. Cure the charm. We got mailbag. So we got random questions, y'all. We just gonna try to answer as best as we can. Ain't no telling. You're not liable for anything we say. No, actually, that's not true. That's not what the Bible says. Yeah, got you. We definitely are held accountable for everything we say. Correction. Don't send us a question on that. Okay, we fixed it like right here. See, real time. But look, you see how we self edit ourselves? We'd be like, actually, that's not true. That's not what the Bible says. My bad. My humanity. But yeah, we got a we got a mailbag episode. See, see what you got, what you got. I know you got well, the questions I'm, on deck. I'm over here shaking that bag, shaking that mailbag. And first, first of all, first of all, listeners, thank y'all for sending in questions. You know, I, I feel like a school teacher when I say there's no such thing as a bad question. Although, 
<laughs> Although, there are some unusual ones. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so you keep on sending in these questions, colorful, unusual, and all. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm like randomly, literally, randomly right now picking one. And this is a question from a listener who uh, wants to know what we think about the appeal of cussing preachers, um, people who are raw, uncut, unfiltered with their verbal statements, and I think even more specifically, use profanity in their sermons or in their interviews. So uh, he talks about gospel artist uh, Leandria uh, Johnson, who has an amazing voice, by the way. Um, But yeah, and only cussing ways. So wants to know what we think about that and about that as <laughs> and about that as a strategy, I guess, <laughs> to keep it real and to and to draw a crowd, so to speak. So that's question number one. Mm. You know, I think holiness is still right, and I think um, we always think about that in in regards to like sexual purity and things like that. Or, well, I actually don't like the word purity, but um, but you know, uh, our own um, celibacy or chastity, you know, yeah. um, unto the Lord. That's I think that's better uh, phrase personally because purity has so many issues and complications with that. Right. But yeah, um, we ain't here. Right. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think uh, that I, I think that you I, I personally, I well, not just personally, I just don't know that darkness can't drive out darkness. And I'm not saying that Christians don't ever cuss or we're never subject to um, temptations to our flesh. Right. Or in, in bouts of anger or moments of heated times. We don't you know, I'm not saying that. But as a strategy to draw um, to draw people, no. I think that the light always must um, um, be shining, and we have to trust that it's the Spirit who's drawing um, um, people right unto God, um, and not necessarily our own gimmicks uh, and and in ways. And we always have to be above reproach as the saints of God, as God's representatives here on earth. And so that's something that uh, that to me would be like a. a Clear telltale sign for me to exit that church if my pastor's <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna need my I'm gonna need my pastor to be you know uh, 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 serious about sanctification. And so, <laughs> and people have their arguments about well, this is cultural, this cursor is cultural. It wasn't considered this. All right, well, you know what? Would you say that if Jesus Christ was standing right in front of you in the flesh? Would you utter those words? Um, I think that's something that we always have to keep in mind. So I'm always going to go for going above reproach um, and always trying to be, give the best witness um, that we can for the sake of the gospel. So that's what I got to say about that. Yeah. I think it's, you know, important for us to be unintimidated by multiple things that mm-hmm. we wouldn't necessarily venture into, cre- like turning into strategy. Yeah, you know, yeah. The same way that our Lord and Savior, the author and perfecter of our faith, was completely unintimidated by sin and mm-hmm. surrounded himself with people who seemed rather intimidated by sin, so much so that they were enslaved to it. Hmm. So I, I don't have to curse to let you know that I'm not intimidated by your enjoying yeah. cursing. I don't, I don't, I also don't have to explain to you why I can literally repeat the president of the United States saying shit um, and tell you that that is an excellent example 
yeah. of somebody who needs to watch their mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just believe yeah. that as a strategy, Kimini is absolutely right here um, because, Lord, we I, I I think non-Christians should be completely intimidated and mm. offended by the idea that it's a bunch of Christians or any Christian in the world who thinks yeah. that unsaved people just naturally have dirty mouths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's a bad assumption. You're right. <laughs> oh, you that's ain't saved? Assumption. You must cuss. Well, that's ignorant. Mm. Um, and and <laughs> to be honest, if you want to prove that you're not ignorant, you should think of different ways to communicate in general. Yeah. So I think to not yeah. be intimidated by cursing and to welcome people that do speak in ways that we might find frustrating and offensive. All of the folks that stood out um, and bore the weight of scorn and shame when church people didn't show up for the movement and the movement cussed us out when we did show up. Mm. I didn't think of that as, oh, these dirty mouth folks. I thought, yeah, we should have been here. Right. We should have been here. So that scorn and that shame was what we had to bear up under and not be intimidated by in order to be a witness. I don't have to curse people out in order to be a witness. I have to refuse to be broken by being Mm -hmm. cursed out to be Mm -hmm. a witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes that's a... um, That sometimes in the midst of all that, the packaging of it, the packaging of the profanity underneath that could be a very real valid rebuke so mm-hmm. I think we yeah. I think we have yeah. to I think those of us who are receiving are experiencing um, people's frustrations and hurt. Um, they're gonna get it out how they're gonna get it out. So I agree mm. with you on that, M. And I think we still have to be able to to resist the temptation to dismiss the legitimacy of the rebuke just because we don't like the packaging of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, we as people who are um, you know who want to share grace. We want to be mindful of not having any unnecessary distractions or stumbling blocks or um, uh, unnecessary offenses that get in the way of that grace that we want to share. Um, At the same time, you know, language is, you know, language is, you know, culturally kind of set and shaped Mm -hmm. um, and and situational. So I think um, you have to know where you are. You have to know who you're communicating with um, and know why. Um, but yeah, I think just as a rule of thumb, whatever strategy you take, you want to be careful about trying to mirror people in the stereotype of what you think their expression of sin is yeah. in order in order to win them. Because that's, that's what you're going to have to do to keep them. And then ultimately, it's not the spirit that has it's kept them gonna, to yep. begin with. And it's never going to be enough. <laughs> right. There's always going to be another, yeah, yeah, another yeah, yeah. loss erected. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, cussing, although I have had some cussing preachers in my life, so I just want to throw that out All there. Right. That's a whole nother Twitter yeah. uh, feed about, <laughs> about preachers that cuss at people. Um, Help us. Y'all stop, y'all stop that, okay? Um, <laughs> it. Got it out. It. So you better make it I effective. I will say that. I report. It better be effective. Yeah, okay. <laughs> don't, don't cuss. It's one thing to cuss. It's another thing to cuss at people. You know what I'm saying? Like there's Amen. Some, there's, Amen. There's some differences in these things, so... Yes. Okay, so good job, ladies. Shake the good job. Yes, shaking the, the, the bag, shaking that. So we have a shake question from one of our uh, dear, dear sister viewers, um, oh, who sister a, a, a dear woman who says she listened to one of our recent episodes. The kids are not all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we where we said all the words, saints, all the words. <laughs> I'm talking about liturgical yeah. dance style feelings was coming out in that episode, <laughs> and she wanted to know. 
uh, her question is, are you pro-life? That is her question. Mm. (laughs) Well, the the funny thing is I've never had to deal with that question before. Um, Mm. Yeah. You know, I've never once been asked if I am pro-life. Interesting. Yeah. But so I'm excited uh, to respond here. (laughs) I think that (laughs) I, I think it's really important for people who recognize pro-life as equal Mm. to the phrase anti-abortion, it is important for us to to speak plainly about what it means to be Mm anti-abortion and that's it. Yeah. And so if if our if our friend wants to know whether or not our episode about children who are Mm. in cages uh, if if you are led to question whether or not I am pro abundant liberated human beings, if you're led to question that in the midst of us challenging people who seek to destroy and cage and separate families in the same way that we carry a legacy of destruction, separation as systemic murder and massacre in the same way that the ground that we live on screams from destruction, separation, displacement, systemic, legalized, codified massacre that, you know, was actually treated manifest destiny to um, a pretty solid biblical defense. If after hearing our rage righteously spoken, if after hearing all of that, and then thinking, I wonder if they're pro-life. Chances are high that the manner in which one might define pro-life is not the manner in which I might live it specifically. If Mm -hmm. pro-life means only that I seek the salvation of people in utero, if it means Mm -hmm. only that I seek laws to be changed for the sake of dismissing women who express their needs, fears, concerns, and worries about bringing a child into a world of brokenness, if pro-life means nothing more than babies survive pregnancy, then I am not politically pro-life because I am concerned with babies surviving pregnancy, surviving infancy, surviving toddlerhood, surviving their teenage years, surviving being a person of color in the world, especially one that don't speak English. Mm. I am interested in people surviving and thriving. Mm. I'm not sure how that episode spoke anything different. So I'm not sure how to answer that question. And again, like I said, I haven't really had to deal with it before. Mm. Well, oh, hey, go ahead and drop that mic, sister. I'm super, I'm super <laughs> not mad, though. I feel like oh, I'm super not I don't mad. know how to express I'm it. Like, super not mad. I'm, I'm, I'm so not angry mad. about it. I just... No, but I think I, I don't even I know how to that on shirt. I'm super not. I, don't, I really don't know how you get to that question from that episode. But okay, I, I mean, like, that's actually but the most pro life episode we've had, actually. <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> but, but, no, but, but you know what? That, but that is a thing. That is a thing that people do. There's such a built in um, 
gosh, it's, it, it, it is so problematic. It's so built into the rhetoric that when people start to humanize anyone that has not been allowed to be humanized, according to your partisan team. Yeah. That the tr- that you have been in- ingrained to, to all of a sudden trigger out with, but what True. about those people over there? What about the unborn? Like it's mm-hmm. it's so built yeah. in mm-hmm. that people do it, and, and I mean I'm not that's not my cultural orientation, but it appears that people from that cultural orientation <laughs> have this knee jerk trigger that is yeah, built into asset, and because because it's not a holistic, rooted theological pro life position, so mm-hmm. it's truncated. So people have to ask; they have to add it on. So they don't Mm. see how your advocacy for black lives, they don't see necessarily how your advocacy for uh, children, undocumented children at the border, how that is deeply pro-life, pro-love. They don't see that because Mm. they have a truncated understanding that's been given to them through partisan talking points instead of God's um, beautiful word kind of giving us a theology of valuing all life. So with all of that said, see, are are you pro-life? Oh yeah, yeah, unabashedly, um, and now, and I and I affirm everything that M just said, um, mm-hmm. and so we're talking womb to tomb. I would take it as far as to say I'm anti death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I believe in nonviolent social, you know, ethic social action. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe that Christians are uh, should be the very last people to call for the termination of any form of life, including our worst, most wicked enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are people who who seek restitution and reparation and not revenge. Revenge mm-hmm. is the Lord's. So yeah. that that frames the way I see every person. So certainly the one in the womb, um, but the one who has wronged us as well. So um, so yeah, unabashedly pro life. And as a person who's lost a close friend in labor, mm-hmm. I particularly take uh, pregnancy of Black women yeah. and the lives of the unborn. I take this very seriously. As yes. someone who's lost mm-hmm. a child myself personally, yes. yeah. I take it mm-hmm. very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also deeply resent and I find quite wicked the truncated use of partisan pro-life antics mm-hmm. because it degrades, it actually degrades the unborn. Um, and I think that's a it's very wicked text. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is no love there. And, it, and you can spot it because it is not consistent. There mm-hmm. are no tears for Mike, for Mike Brown's body. No. There are no tears for the bodies that we can see. So why do mm-hmm. you have tears for the ones that we can't? Yeah. And so that's, yeah. that's when it becomes very hypocritical. But how mm-hmm. about you, Akimini? Yeah, I'm not super no, mad. I'm, <laughs> I'm super not, I'm not mad. mad at all. I'm super not mad. mad. I'm super not mad. Uh, yeah, I think uh, actually for a very, very long time, I've always been a, uh, I'm, there's there's no surprise here. I've always been a Democrat. There's problems with the party, but what can you do? Um, but I've always been actually for most of my life, I was actually always pretty pro-choice. Um, and then probably about my late 20, which Actually, I should define that. Pro-choice in this black mama sense of pro-choice, which means you're not going to kill that baby. You're going to have that baby. Oh, that's what I mean by that. And so in that sense, I've actually always been really, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, uh, that's what I mean by that. Uh, but I did flip much more in my like early 30s um, to pro-life where I'm like, ah. Just, I just, I can't, y'all, y'all can't, you, you can't kill the babies. You, you know what I'm saying? That's just something I'm just like, and I'm, I'm pro-life from womb to tomb. So that means that the uh, the baby in utero, 
to trans lives, okay? Everybody's yeah. lives and livelihood should Humans. be protected. <laughs> you know, so that's across the spectrum. That's everything. Everybody, you know, um, life should be preserved. And I am also against the death penalty. Um, so I've gotten much more, um, how can you say, firm on that, I would say, um, hmm. uh, as of late, you could say. Um, but yeah, I, I would echo pretty much everything uh, that y'all said. Uh, about that. It's just, I have, I have real legitimate issues um, with the white evangelical anti-abortion crowd who won't own their anti-abortion stance instead of owning the pro-life label because they really and truly are not pro-life because they don't cry out for Flint um, and they don't cry out for Mike Brown um, and Ayanna Jones and Sandra Bland. And so, um, so that just lets me know um, where they stand. So for me personally, that's uh, where I stand, but also I, I, I struggle with the fact that there's not an alternative, right. To some of these other um, reproductive um, um, health uh um, needs that are needed. So, you know, people that are needing um, breast exams, uh, um, um, pap smears, uh, birth control, all those things that you also need. It's not just about abortion. There needs to be an alternative uh, to plant parenthood that's comparable personally, in my own um, estimation. That's my own opinion. So don't send me your little angry emails because I'm not going to respond. I've already said what I said. You know what? <laughs> so, I have an idea. What yeah. What about comprehensive health care? Because we care about people's bodies. Oh, <laughs> how about that? Those oh yes, and I'm glad God. you mentioned that because I'm you're really pro life. So, because I, I believe I don't believe that we should bring a child. People should feel that they need to bring a child into this world. And they feel like they can't take care of them. So I'm I'm for all for the safety nets. I'm for, I'm for free college. I'm for food stamps, <laughs> Medicare. I'm for free medical. I don't. I don't even. Obamacare doesn't go far enough for me personally. It's too expensive, and it, it has always been expensive. All right, I'm. I'm I can testify to that. So, right, so, so I'm for all the free programs. We love I am for it. I'm like free, 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 free. Let people. We want people to live in free. That's I'm sorry I'm I'm about that sorry uh, I'm not sorry yeah, actually I'm not making yeah. apologies for that so yeah so that's that's how pro life I am I'm pro life and pro free everything so people can actually bring that child into this world without worry yeah you know mm-hmm. um that's that's the big the big qualm so anyways we could you know keep on going yeah. on but you know shake yeah. shake the bag see shake the bag before we get shake in. the bag <laughs> shake the bag. <laughs> I, we said I too feel, much. I, I feel quite good about. I feel quite good about I feel that. Great, actually. <laughs> hey, I, can we get a pro-life campaign on comprehensive health care for people? Please. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, Saints, because we love people, right? We do. We want the babies to be born? So come on, Saints. <laughs> Here at Truth Table, our listeners are always asking us about what books we would recommend. So, C, tell me, what book would you actually recommend for our listeners right now? Yeah, well, you know, I love the topics of serving leadership and mentoring Mm -hmm. and leadership development. And Natasha Robinson has a new book called A Sojourner's Truth. Um, In this book, uh, as an African-American woman leader, uh, Natasha does the work of paralleling her le- leadership along with Moses in the Exodus mm-hmm. narrative. Um, she shows how God raises up an ordinary person, somebody just like us from a marginalized people mm-hmm. group, to equip and to challenge uh, to the people that are around them to live as citizens of a new kingdom. Uh, I can't imagine a better time for a work like that. Mm-hmm. Em, as a leader, can you let us know how, how that topic, those themes resonate with you, the things that we're seeing inside A Sojourner's Truth? 
Yeah, well, first, I think um, wonderful title. You know, we got we love the nod to Hello. Mother Sojourn. Hello. <laughs> but I also Hello. think that across generations, we need to see more women and men leading together. So um, mm. this is a good example of putting those stories, juxtaposing those stories. And the church needs to pay attention to stories that originate from and feature the experiences of people of color, especially right. women of color. There are mm. many points of reconciliation conversations that rarely include discussion of conviction and repentance mm. from mm. racial and systemic injustice. And right. to be honest, those conversations ignore the gospel. If we want freedom from the world and its brokenness, we have to think and talk honestly about bold and courageous action. Truth telling is the first step mm. to being free. I mean, that's what the Lord taught us. And I know yep. that Natasha thinks about and lives out the honoring the contributions of people of color, especially women in the church. Absolutely. And this allows for her deep theological understanding of the true unity of the body, the unity in the body of Christ mm-hmm. across generational lines. So she feels more drawn to the stories of her own father, Moses, and that mm-hmm. gives space mm-hmm. for her own character shaping moments that I hope will help us to see who God is, a bigger picture of what he has purposed and positioned his people, his daughters to do, and us as well. So E, I feel pretty sure the Truth Table is about to dig into this book at some point. Do you think we can pass along a deal to our listeners? Well, you know I live for a discount now. I couldn't wow. I couldn't live I leave our Come listeners. On, fashionista. They, they hold us down <laughs> right. every week. So uh, <laughs> we actually have a special promo code for our listeners. Use Truth18 in all caps at IVP's website, IVPress.com, to get 30% off of Natasha's book, A Sojourner's Truth, plus hey. free shipping, y'all. Don't hey. say we never gave y'all nothing now. <laughs> so, right. This discount is <laughs> give coupons. January 1st, 2019. <laughs> Claim your coupon, buy the book, trust Black women, listen to Black women, and pay Black women, y'all. Well, hey. All right, let me find another question. Okay, here's a well. Okay, so this 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 letter is really funny. I'm not going to read it, okay. but I think I gave you guys a heads up already, which basically says um, <laughs> they listen to our show and they really struggle. They got all kinds of. I think they're upset with us sometimes, and sometimes they really like us, <laughs> which is okay. I really appreciate this person's candor in that sense, but. It really kind of concludes with a sense of like, okay, you guys outlined all these problems or issues, probably what we're talking about, like things like white supremacy or systemic injustice, et cetera. And she's like, okay, so so what what do we do? Like, give me an answer to fix it. Mm. <laughs> Which is a heck of I'm a just, question. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, so, so this is like, fix it, fix it, fix it, Akimini. Tell me how to fix it. Wait, wait, wait. She just wants to know how you fix it all, the systemic? Yeah, thank, well, I think, I think, so this is me. This is my psychoanalysis, okay, y'all, for whatever it's worth. So it is very difficult to sit with people when they are lamenting and when they are articulating or, or diagnosing an issue. And I actually am pretty solution oriented, but that's not really what we do. Mm-hmm. We kind no. of, I mean, we, we, I mean, yeah, we don't. We can talk about that in other spaces, but, but I think this person is kind of overwhelmed with the sadness, the the angst, all that stuff, and is like, okay, what what do we do now? What like so maybe we can reframe the question for them in a sense of if you had to, if you were wearing your recommendation hat, Akimini, mm-hmm. if you decided to put that on for a moment, 
Could you think of one concrete thing that a listener who feels overwhelmed by the content or whatever, I don't know what, I'll be like, you know, I don't know, right. what's the movies? But, um, <laughs> but let's say they want something very meaningful besides like go to the movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one concrete thing to do. Ooh, okay, yeah, dang. I wish uh, M could still, M had to bounce y'all, but, um, because <laughs> before y'all go, where'd she go? Um, <laughs> I would say, well, for first step one, it sounds, I would imagine this must maybe, it sounds like, I could be wrong, that this might be the person's first introduction or foray into um, conversations about justice, inequity, things like that. Sounds like that. So I, step one is always read, 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 read some more. Um, uh, uh, listen, you know, of course, uh, you know, uh, to voices that are unlike yours, just to get, um, first on uh, what's what's on what what systemic injustice is, what it looks like, um, and you know, and just just to get understanding, right? Um, but then also, I would say act. I mean, because we live in a fallen world, there are in, injustices abound, right? Um, that this person can even think about their own church context. Where who are they not hearing from? Uh, who are the people that um, maybe their pastor? is quoting all the time from the pulpit. Um, who, who are, who are, um, who's being marginalized within that setting, uh, in, within that church, who, who has the least power and how can we, um, begin to, um, flip that, uh, or actually make it more equitable, uh, in the church. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that can be done, I think, it, but somebody, you have to take, um, you have to assess your own, uh, environment if you will, whether it be at work, whether it be at your church, um, within your circle of friends. Uh, so those, I guess those are a couple of suggestions that I have, um, mm-hmm. off the top of my head, yeah. since I don't know more about yeah. what this, uh, is uh, this sister girl is asking us. Um, yeah. what do you think? See, yeah. you know, I was, you know, I, so a first step would be to get comfortable with, uh, discomfort, um, mm-hmm. just sit in the feeling, sit in the not knowing, sit in the helplessness of not being able to fix something like literally, I mean, like meditate, pray, Yeah. just sit in that feeling, get used to it. And don't look to people who are struggling to take that angst away from you. Mm. That's, that's the very least I think that we can offer our neighbor is to not ask them to take away our angst, mm. but to, to get better at sitting in it with, yes. within ourselves. Yes. And that's something that we all can think about how we could be um, better equipped to minister to our neighbors is by um, learning how to not ask people to relieve us of how we feel um, about the fact that they are experiencing pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you ever go to, you know, you ever lose a family member, or a loved one, and people sometimes act more toe up than you. Yes. And you don't want to lost the loved oh, one and you got to end up taking care of them. You got to end up taking out. care of them. You're like, it's all right. It's going to be that okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and I, and I would just say, I mean, and, and some people, some people are the folks that kind of like, I want to weep with you. And I think that's a beautiful thing, but, but, I, but I, and scripture calls us to that, to rejoice and weep with those who weep. But I'm specifically talking about bringing to people the sadness that you have about their sadness and asking them to fix that for you. That's yeah, just not, yeah. that's just wrong. Don't do that. Mm. So just, you know, so certainly what, what E is talking about in terms of reading and learning and digging deep, but I would also say, learn how to sit with discomfort, you know, um, so that you can be with people without taking up all the emotional space 
they don't have to take care of you. That's what comes to mind. Now, I know also, Edie, you have a question or two. Why don't you throw that out there as we we come to the end of our journey today? Let me shake it up. Shake it. All right. So I actually received a question, uh, which I think is actually a good one. And the question is, what do you, how do you manage, well, manage to maintain relationships with white people? And do you ever feel, are you ever suspicious of them? So this was a question that I received from a dear brother that I actually thought was a good question actually for us to throw um, out there. Cause I'm sure, you know, um, there are other people that have that question too. So how do you maintain relationships with white people? And are you ever suspicious um, of them in light of, you know, everything that's been going on the 24 hour news cycle, seeing all the racism going on? What say you see? So, I'm, I'm reframing this. I'm assuming that this question has is is saying like you truth table people who talk about white supremacy. <laughs> like, can you possibly can you possibly have white people as friends? I, I like I'm assuming that's like the undercurrent mm-hmm. of the subtext of this question, at least. And I could be wrong. You can help clarify that for me. E, but that's what I'm thinking this is about. Um, <laughs> Look, I was about to make a joke. You know, people say like. But you know, my best friend is black. I'm like, some of my best friends are white. Right. <laughs> just like, and you're like, you know, I don't want to be that person. <laughs> right. <laughs> but 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 I will say this. Um so yeah. So okay. I expect for people to be uh rep to be influenced by their identities, their cultural context. I expect for that. Mm-hmm. So the, the second part of that question, let me start with that. The part about like, can you, do you distrust white people? This, so I will say this, I expect for white people to function like white people mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. And the truth is most white people don't even know what that even means when I say that, because white people have done very little work about their own racial identity. Yeah. They have simply just rolled with the racial caste system yeah. And they're just riding it out or it is, you know, it's it's the air that people breathe and they, you know, they d- don't give an account to it or or want to call it out for what it is, right? Or or they can't they don't even have the the vision to see it. Um so it's the elephant in the room that's ignored. So all of that to say is that I expect people to function out of the um the delusions mm-hmm. that keep the white social caste system in place. Um, Now, with that being said, on an individual level, um, and even on a larger communal level, that that I I have a number of very, very close, sincere, sisterly, brotherly Mm -hmm. relationships with people who racially identify as white. Um, They are European Americans. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I'm going to pull you into your ethnicity (laughs) thing. I'm going to pull you into... I'm gonna pull you into pull what in. you're supposed pull to be in. now. I'm gonna pull you in. Come on, let's go. Let's journey over. There is no country called white saints. There's no <laughs> language called white. Um, so I want to journey. We're gonna journey over there together. But yeah, I and I actually, you know, you know this about me. I I really really like people. I mean, I'm a yeah, broken sinner. I don't true. treat people the way I don't treat folks the way that I ought to treat them. But I do. I really enjoy people. Like I enjoy all kinds of people. Um, and I could even find joy in people who I don't agree with. Now, if you're crazy and dangerous, now we gonna have real issues, you know. Right. But um, <laughs> but 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 you can have some some beliefs that I'm like I think that's kind of crazy, and I could just tell you that straight up, yeah. like that's a problem. Mm. Um, and I could and I could still probably break bread with you and sit with you and talk to you. And 
in most in most instances. There are some deal breakers for mm. me. Um, and so certainly with that being said, um, yeah, I, I think as a, a believer, we have an obligation to seek to love people deeply, to love them well, to handle them as um, as precious in God's sight, um, to value things about um maybe their own heritage that they don't even see and understand. Like, you know, like, like I particularly, I particularly enjoy white people who actually understand their ethnic identity, who actually have an understanding of uh, maybe their, their language of origin and culture Mm -hmm. and their roots. I find that fascinating. And um, especially as an African-American, as a, as a person who uh, is a descendant of, of trafficked people, who has lost some of that, those heritage pieces. I find anybody who can share the story of their ancestry to be fascinating. So anyway, long answer to say that, no, I'm, I'm not out to destroy the white people. Oh, <laughs> so, what about you, E? What, what about you? Yeah, um, I think that for me, I think it's a good question. I think um, one of the things that I have to always keep in mind is that um, I have to honor the image of God. In all people, yeah. but in this case, we're talking about white people um, uh, or people who, you know, identify as white. Um, they have to hold their humanity in place. Um, and even when sometimes they don't. Right. Um, and so in, in ways and sometimes in the ways that they act. Right. Um, in in um, ways that are beneath us. Right. As image bearers. Um, but I have to hold that in place. Um, and so because I think about the fact that uh, I, I cannot I have to make up in my mind that I'm not going to seek revenge. I'm not going to retaliate. Um, I'm not going to revile for the sake of reviling. Um, I just, yeah. I cannot dehumanize them. I mean, I have the capacity to do that, right? Cause I'm a sinner, but I cannot have to make up in my mind to not dehumanize them um, and to honor them as image bearers. Um, and by doing that, I'm calling you um, to become what you are, which is an image bearer. And by doing that, I'm calling you to embrace truth the truthfulness of the reality of the facts of systemic racism and injustice and all of those things uh, and mm-hmm. calling them to acknowledge their privilege and all of those things that come with it. Now I, uh, I do have uh, some, well, I guess I am about to do that. I do have some good white friends that I do actually trust. Um, if I've, I've, I'm, I'm just being honest here that I trust who are, um, who have been great, you know, um, sisters um, and brothers, you know, to me, uh, and I believe human beings, regardless of your race, I I, ex- I, I expect human beings to be sinners. <laughs> so I expect whether you be, yep. whether you can or not, I expect you to somehow sin against me at some point. Just as we are in the, we are in the same club. Just yep. as I will also <laughs> sin against you at some point. That's just the reality of living in a fallen world and being a sinner. Uh, now that doesn't mean we're a doormat or anything like that, but I could tell you right now, some of our kin folk. Ain't always the most trustworthy either. And so and so not to draw any false equivalences, but I'm always trying to hold in place my own fallenness and my own brokenness and my own sinfulness so that I don't become self-righteous, mm-hmm. so that I don't begin to lord that over um, white people as if I'm better. Uh, and so because there's not it's not as if I'm I have any higher moral ground, um, you know, because of the how can you say the um, the racial or the racism uh, uh, in this country. Uh, but I'm always trying to hold on to their humanity, but also realize my own brokenness and my own fallenness too. So that keeps me God willing low to the ground um, so that I'm yeah. not, um, 
giving off this posture, you know, of haughtiness or self-righteousness as if I, you know, um, as if we know, and as if people, and it's not, people um, are redeemable. I believe that. And so I really do believe that. And so I, um, I take it case by case, you know, people that I meet, I give them a fair shake and fair chance, you know, um, and honor them. I, I can't, really love my neighbor if I'm always suspicious of them. Um, and so that's something I have to pray about all the time too, though, if I'm honest, um, that's something, you know, just cause with just some trauma and things that I've been through, uh, in life. And also we have a demagogue in the white house. So yeah. Um, and we have a man who just slit the throat of a black woman in Oakland. Her name is Nia Wilson. So yeah, we, I mean, there, there are real legitimate reasons for our people to be, you know, um, to feel suspicious, but it's something I'm always having to um, pray against um, and give to the Lord too. If I'm, I'm just being very honest about that. Um, but yeah, you got you, you, you. We have to. We got to hold on to our own brokenness and hold on to their humanity as well, and um, honor them as image bearers. Yeah, yeah. I mean. So love is a command, and this is this is not about from a racial standpoint, but just human love. beings. Mm-hmm. God commands us to do things that we cannot do in our own strength mm-hmm. all the time. It, it reminds us that, that we need God every step of the yeah. way, and certainly to love our neighbor well, to love ourselves well, we to love God. We need the Spirit at work to do that. And but I would say that for believers, we we have to want to love. <laughs> we, yeah. we should. Yeah. We should want to want to love yes. people. Yes. We should like, I, like we should designer. want there to be peace. We should want there to be re- repair, reparation. We should want there to be true reconciliation in the long run, right? We should want these things yeah. um, in the long term, and and uh, yeah, and so and, and I want for people to be free from the bondage of uh, white supremacy. Yes, it's a principality yes. is wicked. Yeah. It means you no good. Um, the end game is death. And that's not just black people's death. That'd be your death yeah. too, to the white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that is the end game of all sin. And so um, that's, we have to love everybody enough to want everybody Amen. free. And that point that you made e, about the importance of um, loving people enough to tell them the truth, like, Hey, you out of order. Right. That's love mm-hmm. too. That's love too. That's love somebody too. that Amen. was racist. That's love too. That is love. That's love, saying. That's so love. I'm gonna shake the bag. This is our this is our last question. Uh, this is our last shake, question. Shake, shake. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got a question from a dear sister. She shall remain nameless, just in case she don't like our answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, right. We kept all that to ourselves. You know. Uh, all right. So this is the question. Well, it's kind of more of like what. Uh, how do we think about platforms and praise and the whole celebrity Christian industrial complex, if you will? Um, you know, th- <laughs> you added all that. Right. You know, I'm just trying to formulate this in a way. You know, but what do we think about, you know, platforms and people, you know, um, seeking praise or even seeking out or seeking to build um, platforms? Uh, just our, some, the, the sister asked us, you know, to talk about that or our own thoughts about that. Um, so see what you got for the people. What do I think about Christians, Christ, Christian celebrity or Christian platform? Like yeah, I, I think they're those kind of synonymous. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. See, see people that are, but that are adamantly even seeking platforms and praise and trying to build up, you know, their yeah. own clout. If oh you will. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like platform in a very mechanical sense, right? Like somebody has like a business or a movement or organization or whatever. But the seeking of praise Mm -hmm. and the seeking of celebrity, yeah, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's a real issue. Um, One, because it compromises Christian witness, because you're going to have to think, you're going to have to do things to maintain that. You have to maintain Mm likability. And I think when you become worried about making sure you say the right thing, mm-hmm. like if I'm constantly, even as we do this podcast, thinking like, okay, um, if I say this that way, this is how this person's going to feel. And if I'm always weighing whose approval I want, because you know, this stuff yeah. is real gamey. Yeah, yeah, this platform yeah. stuff is yeah. real gamey. You got folks who will take pictures with some people, won't take them with others. Yes. You know, they'll, you know, get, oh I want to be in next to oh this person goodness. and not the other. I mean, oh it's just, goodness. that stuff is real high school tired. It, um, yeah. So, so all of that, and I ultimately I will say this: to be outside of Jesus, mm. to be a famous Christian, or to be a Christian pursuing celebrity, you are going to find yourself becoming famous for your sin. Mm. I think that that is. That's I think good. that is a. That's true. <laughs> I think that, I'm like you don't want to do that. That's true. <laughs> you will become this. We know how this works out, saints. This is what you're going to mm. become famous for. You're going to become famous for your sin. Mm. So, um, stay low. You know, was it CC Wine has, has this song called? Uh, I think it's called Lowly, actually. Mm. Yeah, I think so. that's uh, came out last year or two. But the entire song is about. You know, let let the Lord exalt you. Amen. Uh, stay low to the ground. When I meet people, even with truth table, it's it. I find it slapstick hilarious. You know this when people are like, "I'm such a fan." I think that word is actually really odd. I mean, I, people are going to use it, but I'm like, "You mean you're a listener? You're a listener. <laughs> you are not a fan." <laughs> Please don't be a fan. <laughs> Please don't be a fan. Don't be a fan. I do do that. I do. I, I will. I will correct it. I will yeah. correct you on this. Why? Because yeah, one, I'm going to disappoint you, but more importantly, um, we all need, if we're all believers, if a believer is saying this to me, we need to make sure that we deal with people in ways in which we can still sharpen mm-hmm. them, which we can still love them by calling them out. If you get into this fandom stuff, then you are going to start losing the ability to critically discern and actually be a kind of an edifying partner. Uh, for a fellow Christian. And so you just, I, mean, I just think people should watch that. I try to watch it. I try not to have, you know, try not to have any heroes or, mm. or, or idols in that sense besides the Lord. But what about you, Miss Kennedy? Yeah. Oh, there's so much to be said about it, to be quite honest. But um, I think the whole, ah, I just find it just, I, I find it to be very problematic um, and disturbing, to be quite honest. Um, because it's not something, I don't think it's something that we should seek after. I think it's something that God should just give. If that's what, if He decides to do that, He don't. He doesn't have to use us in that way um, to give us a big platform, you know, to be heard by millions of people. It's not necessary in order for His kingdom to advance. Oh, actually, He don't need none of us in order for His kingdom to advance, really. But you know, so, but uh, but yeah, I think. Um, I think part of what you talked about, it's like the underbelly of the platform thing, right? So a lot of the the politics and the, um, how can you say, it's so transactional is what I find, you know? So like you said, some people want to buddy-buddy with this person. Oh, I need a shot with this person on my Instagram so I can get this person's, you know, followers and all this stuff. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's it's really dehumanizing in that way because you're just using that part. You're objectifying that person really um, in a, um, in a, in a, 
I guess, a more modern sense, right, um, in light of the social media age. So I see a lot of that um, that happens or or you'll also see people who are like homies in real life, right, but their platforms, um, how can you say, uh, uh, do not are not synergistic, right? They don't. They're not. They they don't quite. They're like kind of oil and water, you know, based on like what they do and what they, you know, what they talk about. And so they won't claim them publicly, right? But in real life, they're actually real homies. You know, it's just like there's just crazy stuff that I see, and I'm like, really? This how y'all? How do you live like this? Um, so <laughs> that to me is just very. I just find it to be very odd. I think it's weird. Um, I think. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's something I never actually, this is not something I think it's odd. Like when people come up to us with truth table, they, you know, they, they, they're scared sometimes to come up or like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like, well, I ain't no better than you. You ain't no better than me. Like you, I need grace. We're on a podcast. I, people. Pre- I preach the gospel <laughs> to myself every day. Like I am like, like we need the same things like you know so this is why i always try to demystify that stuff for folks i'll be like hey hey you could come talk to me or i'll go up to you like you know so i just try to be super approachable because i'm like i'm not i'm not any better than anybody i'm not you know and all this platform stuff man look y'all don't know the stuff that comes with this stuff like I never wanted any of that. Like, that's just not something I, I, I don't think in that way. I actually, I'm the person that likes to be in the cut personally. So this whole ministry thing is just very um, odd for me. <laughs> like, and uncomfortable. I do it because God has given it to me and it, I have to be faithful, a steward over that. But it's not something I ever sought after. And it's not something that's um, benefited me in, how can you say, in... um. um intangible ways that I think people think assume. Um, I don't know if that could be because I'm woman. Yeah. That could be because I'm a black woman. That could be, you know, so I think it works better for maybe for some other folks than it is for, for others. But I think people glamorize it and stuff, but I'm like, nah, it ain't flowing like that. Um, and ultimately mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I am by God's grace trying to uh, um, work with eternity in mind, right? To do God's will with eternity in mind and hearing well done. That for me is my end goal in life. And so, which is why, you know, I, I do the things that I do, which is why I'm so principled, which is why um, I take a lot of hits behind the scenes that people are just not privy to unless, you know, Michelle and Christina know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think people understand the dangers that come with. There's like actual death threats. There's actual threats to my person. There's, I mean, there's like things that, like real stuff that comes with this. Like, why do you want this? I don't get that. It's weird to me. I'm sorry. I could, I just don't understand it. Like, what do you want? Why do you want this? This is a hot mess. So, like, don't desire this. This is a mess. Desire to do the will of the Lord. Do it quietly and before God and let God exalt you. You know, if this is what you, if this is what you consider exaltation. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. That, and it, yeah what's the, your, what's your be. definition of exalting? <laughs> be. Because for me, it's been a very, 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 very um, humbling experience to be quite honest. And so <laughs> it's not been pretty. So <laughs> I'm just trying not to tell all my business on this here podcast. So <laughs> like I said, you do have a, cause you know how I am. So you, you know, I'm going to tell all my business. Like I went to this place today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lonely girl. It's just, it's a lot. I don't know, man. Lonely. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, there, there is a, there is something, you know, 
we cannot despise the simplistic, you know, like the, yeah. um, oh, man. just walking humbly with our God, you know, and, uh, but in the temptation, right? So when you have the idea of platform or celebrity or whatever before you, um, those temptations yeah. are real. Uh, like I said, about compromising message, about yeah. um, using people, mm-hmm. um, about objectifying people like you mm-hmm. just mentioned. And I think, and then also uh, uh, making it such that you uh, surround yourself with yes men oh, or yes yeah, women, you know, that. ideologically in any other way. And I know I have people in my life who don't, who we have significant differences on a variety mm-hmm. of things. And so I think that's important. I think it's important to have people. Um, we cannot, we cannot grow in homogenous spaces, no. ideologically no homogenous spaces, no theologically homogenous mm-hmm. spaces. I need people who represent uh, different traditions and practices. I need my, I need my friends who are unbelievers. Yes. God uses yep. them to show me something even about, about God himself, mm-hmm. about my, about myself, about my own sin. I need, as a mother, I need my friends who do not have children mm-hmm. to teach me things mm-hmm. about how to be mm-hmm. a mother. Um, so anyway, I, I think that when we have that, yeah, I mean, we do, we really, really, we really do need each other. So anyway, no, that's, that's my that's final good. two cents on this. No, evening. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, yeah, it's important to, <laughs> and you got to surround yourself with people that are not stunting you that do not care about what you do. Like, I mean, I mean, really, like, <laughs> no, I do not care. You. Like, like, uh, you, and that keep you real low to the ground. Like that to me is just ultimate. And you just need friends that'll check you and tell you about your stuff. You know, she does it all the time. You know, so that I, she needs, she needs to stop. I begin to be checked all the time. It is just true. I mean, I just, you can't stunt yourself. I mean, and, but you're. I think you made a really, really good point, which is why I feel like I feel like this should be an episode. But okay, I'm so. <laughs> but uh, all right, no. fine, fine. Uh, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see what it's yeah. Actually, that's true. That's kind of how we know. Um, but I, I see how uh, people like you. How you gain notoriety, if you will, or the um, visibility, let's just say visibility, is how you have to keep the visibility. Yeah. So if it's you always being, yeah. I'm always going to be the antithesis to, uh, you know, uh, evangelicalism, right? You know, know. these ex ex evangelicals or whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, okay, so what, what's next? You going to be done with Jesus? I'll be what? At some point. Like you- well, look, and, and, and look, look, and, and what if they miraculously, and this would be a miracle, but what if they miraculously repent and make right. repent? Where does your, what, what happens? happens? Like, what do you, what do? happens when your whole platform is built on being the antithesis? And what happens when God actually changes people? Cause he can, uh, then what? And then what do you do? You know, so I think you just come on, come on, live in the light of God's truth. Hopefully, hope, hopefully we all rejoice. I hope you rejoice. <laughs> oh Lord, come on. We got that's a good question for all of us yeah. to consider. Will we will we rejoice? Mm. Will we rejoice when the one who has been wrong uh, when our enemy turns because of the spirit yes. now does yeah. right? Yeah, will, will yeah. we rejoice? Will, will we, rejoice? we will we rejoice? So yeah, that's a good question. Ooh, that's a in that hot hall. Oh, that's food for thought. That yeah. is food for thought. So yes, I don't know. Like <laughs> that's what we think about platforms and all of that. <laughs> You know, like (laughs) make his name glorious. All right. You know, that that's 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 what Karen Clark taught us. I was created to make his name glorious. All right. So that's that's what we that should be our goal. Honestly, that really should be our end goal. Um, I am not trying to be a glory thief. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't have to give account for that. 
<laughs> she's like, why are you trying to steal my shine? I do not, I do not want to get that question, y'all. So the rap sheet is it's, it's long enough as it is. So let's just stay low to the ground. Trust God. <laughs> Be faithful. You know, and our go to church. Trust the Lord. You know, uh, stay close. Holiness is still right. Jesus Christ is on the throne. Um, seated in the throne as a man. Let's hold on to the truth. Let's make sure we're under the blood. That's it, y'all. I don't know. I, I want. I know everybody got some fancy tricks these days. They mixing this and mixing that. Nah, we want the pure, unadulterated <laughs> gospel. That's it. Only the name of Jesus saves. So, um, thank you for listening to our sermon TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll now take I'll now take down the tent because oh. we have now we're moving to the next city. I need the saints to hold on to the faith. I'm like, y'all, come on. I'm concerned. Y'all, 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 y'all losing it. Hold on to the faith. All right. And realize it's Jesus holding on to you. So um, all right. Amen. Well, y'all, thank y'all Amen. for your uh for your <laughs> questions. I hope we answered them well enough. I think we didn't said a lot on this episode. All <laughs> All the things. So, of course, I want to thank y'all for taking a seat at the table with us. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about our mailbag episode using the Truth Table hashtag. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Truth Table and email us your thoughts as you usually do at asktruthstable at gmail.com. And you never know, your question might be on the next mailbag episode. Um, Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on the Satchel Podcast Player. Truth Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. And we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.